When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the preview show. Shout a Buffalo Bills football podcast brought to you, as always, by Tops Friendly Markets. Are you ready for Slider Sunday? There's a big game this Sunday, Ryan Talbot. The Bills, the Miami Dolphins. Every time you visit slidersunday.com, you have a chance to win free products, brand swag, tailgating gears, trips, and more. One chance per day. No purchase necessary. Make sure you make Tops Friendly Markets part of your day, game day experience. Ryan, we have a ton to get into. This is the preview episode. We're recording this late on Thursday during uh, Thursday Night Football. Uh, we both have some things going on over the weekend, so we want to make sure that this is ready to go uh, for Bill's Mafia to kind of dive into as we give our final thoughts, our final predictions on Bill's Dolphins. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing great. Just like you, though, you know, it, it's been a long week with uh, this game coming up on the horizon. It's uh, a lot of people want to talk about it, and that's a great thing. Uh, big time matchup on Sunday afternoon. It is a big time matchup, and it's, you know, it's interesting because the Miami Dolphins have kind of like elevated to this place in terms of the football world and the way that people talk about them. They're this like larger than life um, offense, this, this team that's now like, you know, you turn on ESPN, you see Stephen A. Smith ranking them as the number one team in the NFL. And, you know, I seem to remember a Buffalo Bills team that got off to a really good start last season, blew out the, the Super Bowl champions in their house on the night they raised the banner. Um, and, and we've seen so many times in this league you know, teams elevate in September and it really not mean much later in the season. With that being said, this is a massive game, but like, where are you at? Cause I want to have this conversation first with who the dolphins are, where you think they're going and maybe trying to bridge the gap between some of the hyperbole that's happened around who they are and, and who the bills are and, and where we stand going into this matchup. Yeah, so you mentioned national media shows, national outlets have the Dolphins as this juggernaut and this team that uh, almost seems unstoppable on offense, and uh, I'm not there. I think it's a very good team. I think it's a complete team. I think they have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. Uh, I love their speed. There's a lot I like about them, but I also think that there are some flaws in their game. I think that uh, people are putting a little bit too much stock in beating a bad Denver Broncos team putting up 70 points on them when, you know, you realize that one, that defense has struggled a lot this year. They, they allowed 35 to the commanders 
uh, a team that the Bills just beat 37 to three. This is a team that Vic Fangio, the D coordinator of the Dolphins, knows extremely well. So I'm sure that he helped coach up the offense in terms of, hey, here are the weaknesses, here are the guys that I would attack, here's how I would play based on what I would know. I think it's a very good team. I think this is a a team that's more than capable of coming in and and defeating the Bills on Sunday. But I also don't think that they've reached that status that some media outlets are giving them right now. Right. And like I think we're maybe overvaluing a, the performance against the Broncos and maybe not paying enough attention to a game where, you know, if, if the New England Patriots have any more a semblance of an offense uh, in week two, that's probably a different game. I mean, they, 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 they put up 288 total yards, 23 first down seven for 15 on third down. I mean, they convert a couple more of those and get maybe into the red zone, red zone one more time where they were two and two, two for two in that game. Maybe it's, and we're talking about a, a, a two and uh, one Dolphins team coming into this matchup. And don't get me wrong. Like the Dolphins are a really good team. Like I've, I've talked about it all week. I've talked about it going into the season. Remember when everybody was on the Jets train, I was like, let's hold the phone here. Like, I think the Miami Dolphins are a legitimate. I don't know if I'd go as far as to, to ironclad, say they're an ironclad Super Bowl contender right now, but they're in the mix. To me, they're like in that second tier. And this is a game against the Buffalo Bills where you come into Orchard Park, you win this game. It doesn't have to be by a lot of points but definitively like no question marks it's uh you come in and you outplay the bills you get a win on the road you go to four and oh send the bills not only to two and two overall but oh and two in the division that is a signature win and to me we're still waiting for the first miami dolphins signature win last week the denver broncos were coming cross country right like from denver to miami they are playing in that insane heat you know, the Bills played in week three last year in that heat. They lost half their team to injuries or IVs or whatever was going on. So I'm sure the Broncos were battling similar type of elements and dealing with similar type problems. The difference is the Broncos gave up 70 points. The Bills gave up 21 last year uh, in that in that heat game. And, and I also think people are downplaying how much the Bills have been able to consistently affect Tua. Not all the time, but they've hit him, which to me is the key. I mean, he has gone untouched through the first three games. When you can play all-time quarterback, I think I mentioned this a couple times this week, and you you got the blue jersey on and nobody can touch you because you got to play all-time quarterback for both teams. Like, that's how we played it growing up, right? When you get to kind of operate in that in that world in the NFL, you're going to tee off on teams, especially when you have Tyreek Hill and the running game that they have. I think the Bills are going to have a couple of answers for what they do. And maybe I'll be wrong here, but from a coverage perspective, what they've done in the past against Tua and the, and we'll talk about the bills offense in a minute. I, I think people are undervaluing what the bills can do in, in response to what the dolphins have done in the first three weeks. Yeah, I agree with that. And this, you know, Bill's defense is entering the game relatively healthy. And that's unlike last year when they played this team, like you mentioned, all the injuries uh, by the time this, game took place last year in week three they were without Micah High they're missing some key elements there they didn't have Trey White in that first matchup uh there's a lot of pieces the Bills do have and you know it is going to be about affecting Tua uh and he gets the ball out quickly Matt and that's one thing so sacking him hitting him 
There will be a few plays where he maybe holds the ball a little bit. The Bills have to disrupt him on those plays. But on the quick passes, the best thing they can do is pull an A.J. Epinesa, get those hands up, get your hands on the ball, tip passes, deflected passes, interceptions, um, incomplete passes. Anything like that is a positive, is a win, can help get the Dolphins off the field. And I think that the Bills are going to – uh, you know, really emphasize getting their hands up and trying to take away those passing lanes after about two and a half seconds. It's about the time that it takes to a, uh, maybe even a little bit faster than that to get that ball out to where it needs to go. And, and you know, they, they matched up pretty well in the past with some of these big name matchups. They keep the big play in front of them when they're healthy. They do a good job there. And, and I think they know the strength is the middle of the field when it comes to two in that passing game. What can they do to take that away? We saw Terrell Bernard make some great plays in the middle of the field the last two weeks. And, you know, can he replicate that? Can he copy that? Can they force Tua to throw toward the sidelines or throw deep downfield? Because, you know, if they can do that, those, again, are weaknesses of his where maybe he doesn't have that elite arm strength. Bad interception in the Patriots game to Christian Gonzalez. Uh, You know, some struggles to throw those longer distances. So, Take, try to take away as many of his strengths as you can and, and really try to make him focus on throwing those areas where he's not as good. Mm-hmm. So check this out. According to Pro Football Focus, the Denver Broncos last week had 24 missed tackles on the Dolphins. 24 times when they got to the ball carrier, wherever it was in the pass game or the run game, they missed on first attempt. So you want to talk about yards after contact. I mean, go back and watch that game. I mean, Devin Achan, um, Raheem Mostert, Tyreek Hill. I mean, bouncing off tacklers. I just did a really quick search. The Bills in three games against the Dolphins last season. Now, one of those was the playoff game against uh, Skylar Thompson. We did a little math on their on their touchdown percentage, which we can talk about in a second. <coughs> Guess how many missed tackles they had in three games, Ryan? Three games. Uh, 22, 16, Ooh. 16 missed tackles against the dolphins in three games. Sean McDermott has said not too much about this game. You know how he's going to be guarded. You know, he, he basically started off the week saying it was a revolutionary offense and they know the challenge that, that lays in front of them. But he also said one word over and over again. And we kind of roll our eyes most of the time when he says this word fundamentals, but in this matchup, there's nothing at a, at, at a at a higher value than being able to go into this game knowing that no matter what you do, you have to do one thing simply clear. It, there's no bones about it. You have to tackle at all three levels against this team. If you give them any green area, they're going to chew it up and they're going to create yards after contact, after the catch, after the line of scrimmage, however you want to dice it up. You have to tackle, and the Bills have done a really good job. And listen, 70 points is unbelievable, and it's an, this great accomplishment. But there was a lot going into that match that allowed the, the Dolphins to do that on the road in Buffalo, where I think it's been uh, – I saw a stat that I think the last time the Bills lost to the Dolphins in Orchard Park, Tua was in high school. Hmm. I mean, I mean, they are one uh, – the Dolphins are 1-9 and nine in their last 10 against the Bills, and – I'm sure it goes further than back when it comes to winning in Orchard Park. So it goes back to what you said. This is a statement game. And, and missed tackles has to be up there in terms of, 
you know, your biggest concerns if you're a Bills fan. If they don't tackle well on Sunday, it could be a long day at the office because, you know, the, the Dolphins have shown that they can pick up those extra yards after contact by staying on their feet. So the Bills have to be stout there. The gap integrity, which we've heard Sean McDermott say a million times over, uh, that is so true because this is a team that can run the ball effectively. We saw Mostert run on the Bills really well in that second matchup last year. He ran very well last week against Denver. Uh, Achen, as you mentioned, had an outstanding performance. Uh, the rookie with three touchdowns and over 200 total yards. So, you know, th- there's a lot for the Bills to try to figure out. And, oh, by the way, Jalen Waddell is clear the concussion protocol. He's a full go. You have Tyreek Hill. It's a loaded team. There's a ton of talent. But Sean McDermott also knows this team well. Uh, I think he's, he is going to enjoy the challenge of trying to come up with a blueprint uh, to stop them based on what he's seen through three weeks. And the way this defense has been flying to the ball and playing so far, it wouldn't surprise me if he can slow them down to a certain extent. All right. I asked you to put your teacher hat on before we started this show. We did a little mathematics. So let's bring everybody into uh, uh, the work that we did statistically. So the, how many drives did the Dolphins have in three games against the Bills last year? So last year they had 30 drives, not including any, like halftime and right. half we threw out the, the, the drives that were like small plays or you know, whatever. So 30 drives. How many times did they score a touchdown with the 30 th- times they had the ball against the Bills? Eight times. Eight times. So eight out of 30 times. The Dolphins scored a touchdown, which I think we did the math and it came out to like a 27% touchdown rate. And, you know, you figure the the Dolphins are going to get possessions probably. And the Bills are going to try to chew up clock. They've done a good job of that. So maybe you could shrink that from the expected 12, 13, they have 14 in the playoff game, which is what you don't want. And I think part of that was probably going against Skylar Thompson and maybe being a little bit more aggressive on offense. But I think you want to try to like you know slow this game down a little bit, be methodical on offense. And if you could shrink that thing down to like nine, drives for the Dolphins and they end up with one and a half, two touchdowns. I think the bills are in a really good spot. Now this is a second year of this offense. I think they're more comfortable with all of their roles to as healthy he's playing. So, you know, that percentage might be a little bit deceptive, but this is a team with the bills has a lot of experience against that personnel, especially with Tyreek Hill going back to Kansas city. And I also think this is an offensive line that hasn't really been tested much yet. You know, the one matchup that they had, they played really well against the, the the New England Patriots. But this Bills defensive line, in my opinion, is better. It's deeper, um, even without Von Miller. Uh, so I think that's going to be a huge matchup. Um, and, and we'll get to some of those specific matchups in a little while. But, you know, the key is going to be keeping the Bills or keeping the Dolphins out of the end zone. They're going to score points. They're probably going to kick some field goals. Um, they're going to score some touchdowns. But the more you can keep them out in the red zone, the better chance you'll have. Sure. And, you know, you look at the Patriots game as a divisional game, uh, a matchup that was already played. And it certainly felt like the Dolphins outplayed New England throughout that evening. But at the end of the game, New England was in it. They found ways to limit the points that Miami could put up and they almost mounted a comeback. And, you know, that's something else to take into consideration. Denver, like you mentioned, is not a divisional opponent. They had to come across the country. They didn't really know a lot necessarily about the Uh, the strengths of this offense and defense where the Bills do. And uh, these games are generally much closer because of how the familiarity on both sides of it. So that's something to kind of monitor. And uh, as much as that 70-point performance was impressive last week, they they have been in two close games uh, in weeks one and two, the back and forth with the Chargers that went down to the wire 
And then that Patriots game where the Patriots hung around long enough and uh, almost turned it into a an upset on their end. So I do think it'll be closer than maybe some people are expecting. I, I In terms of both sides, I think it could be more turnovers or more uh, punts than, than some people are expecting, not necessarily a shootout in that regard either. So I, I'm excited to see how it all plays out on Sunday afternoon. If you're excited to see how uh, the Shout Insider text line plays out, you got to sign up to become a Shout text line insider right now by by texting 716-528-6727. The Shout text line is brought to you by Carrie C. Buyer, attorney with the law offices of Francis M. Letro, located at 237 Main Street, Buffalo, New York. If you or someone you know is seriously injured, give him a call at 716-852-1234. Tell him the Shout Boys sent you. Or check out LitroLaw.com. All right, Ryan, some of the matchups that we feel are going to determine this game. And I want to start with one that I think has been a thorn in the Bills' side in these matchups over the years. I know the Dolphins haven't a lot of, haven't had a lot of success in terms of wins. But if you want to talk about a player that consistently puts his fingerprint on this game, it's Christian Wilkins. I, I, th- I think I come away from seasons overvaluing or overrating Christian Wilkins because of how well he plays against the bills. Here's the problem though. There's a new, uh, new guy in town in Connor McGovern, who's playing at a spectacularly high level, especially considering he's only had three starts in this scheme. Mitch Morris again mentioned today that uh, uh, on Thursday, that it's a complete shift from what he did in Dallas. And for him to be playing at this high a level early on, it's huge. And it's meant so much for the group. And I think that if Christian Wilkins gets neutralized, you know, even 50% more of the time, you're, you're looking at not only a frustrated defensive line, but he's kind of the, the he's the juice guy, right? He gets them going. And I, I think if you can minimize his impact on the game offensively for the Bills, if you're able to run the ball a little bit, score some points, that puts you in a really good spot. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned Wilkins and the success that he has had. And he's a game wrecker. He can stop the run. He can blow up plays in the backfield. He's gotten after Josh Allen uh, quite a bit in in terms of his pass rush. He's an all-around player. And he really does show up in these matchups. And he joked that they're best buds, he and Allen. Uh, Allen clearly did not feel the same way or reciprocate those feelings. Uh, But he's going to come ready to play. And it's going to be up to McGovern to at least slow him down and give Allen time to get the ball out. Allen, you know, it wouldn't be surprising to me if he followed a similar blueprint to the last two weeks, whereas getting the ball out quickly, getting it out on schedule and on time to limit what the opposing team's pass rush can do. But if the Bills can slow down Wilkins, I think this could be really interesting because Jalen Phillips, uh, another game record that can get after the quarterback, he has not practiced yet this week, Matt. And, and it, you know, if they're down Phillips going into this game or he's severely hampered, if they can keep Wilkins at bay, I could see Josh Allen having a lot of time to uh, read, you know, read the field, go through his progressions at times, and uh, sometimes hit the the intermediate to deep play. Yeah, and I think like Phillips at this point, not practicing on Wednesday or Thursday, we don't know yet what his status will be on Friday, but that's usually a lower key practice anyway. Mm-hmm. If he can go, I mean, he's going to be a question mark in terms of what level, what percentage he's at. Oblique injuries. They're nasty. They kind of tend to linger around. And when you rely on athleticism coming off the edge, I mean, I, I'm I'm sneaky, overly impressed with 
Leonard Floyd coming up with two sacks last week, dealing with that angle ankle injury. Uh, and he seems to be uh, getting much healthier off of that uh, practicing uh, today, which I don't think he did last. No, he did practice on Thursday last week. Uh, I, I think he's a vet. I think he's handling the, you know, taking care of that, figuring it out. But oblique hamstring, those kinds of inju injuries, they're, they're different. And, and I think that, you know, we saw um, last season, you know, guy like Gabe Davis, wide receiver, lower body injury with the high ankle sprain, something that kind of stuck around for a while. And he wasn't the same player to me, a pass rusher that really you know, relies on the bend and the ability to get around the corner. You're dealing with a kind of a funky limb uh, wing, if you will. It's, it's tough. It's tough sledding. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for one of my matchups to watch here on Sunday, Matt, I'm actually looking at uh, the interior of Buffalo's defensive line and what can they do to Connor Williams? Williams is Miami's center. Uh, he's been limited in practice with a groin injury. Uh, I did a Dolphins podcast earlier today, and the host was saying, you know, Williams has been phenomenal as a blocker. He has a few bad snaps per game, uh, but Dolphins fans have kind of come to live with that. But they said if he goes out, then all bets are off with this team because they don't actually have a backup center that has experience, significant experience snapping the ball. He says Liam Eichenberg is currently their backup center. He did come in last week in that blowout against the uh, Broncos for a few snaps, and, and he said it kind of looked like it floated out to the quarterback. It didn't look quite the same. Uh, so that's something to keep in, you know an eye on. If Williams plays, he's not going to be 100%, and groin injuries are very tricky. Uh, if he aggravates it, if he gets injured in game, the Bills might be able to attack the interior of that Dolphins O-line, push the pocket toward Tua, uh, you know, stop the run game in its tracks and those type of plays in the middle of the field between the tackles. And I think that could be an advantageous matchup for Buffalo. What's up, everybody? Matt Perino here, one half of the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast, here today to talk to you about Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million members. It is the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. You just pick more or less on two or more player stats for a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. Testing your skills on prize picks this playoff basketball season is the most simple way to get in on the action. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and submit your lineup. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes prize picks the number one fantasy sports app. Download the app today and use code SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today and use code SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. You know, I think when the Bills or when the Dolphins went out and got Jalen Ramsey, I thought that's a, at the very least it gives them two experienced guys to try to throw at Stefan Diggs. And now without Ramsey, you know, Kohu is a, is a nice player. I think that they're asking him to do a lot, flipping him back and forth from inside to out. And I don't know if Xavier Howard is the same guy that he was two or three years ago. I think at times this season he's looked the part, but if if they're asking him to travel with Stefan Diggs, to me that is a huge matchup that I'm kind of zoning in on. And we've seen at times already this season him just kind of carry the passing game, the offense. Um, he seems to be very much in sync with Josh Allen. And you want to talk about from a timing perspective, you know, they've they've been hitting on routes like at all three levels, the short stuff, like right off the line of scrimmage, the quick throws, the intermediate slants, 
You know, we saw the off-platform, off-script uh, throw to Diggs in, in, in last week. Uh, I think it went for like 35 yards down the field. So um, I think Diggs, to me, is is a big player to watch in this game as well. And that matchup, who they asked to cover him, and if if they're not going to have Xavier Howard travel with him, Josh Allen might look to exploit that matchup whenever, when, whenever any of the lesser experienced corners wind up on number 14. Yeah, how the Dolphins play Stefan Diggs is going to be big. Are you, are you going to go with Xavier Howard, who Diggs has burned, by the way, a few times in the past few years on big hitters down the field? Are you going to go with the inexperienced Cater Kohu in terms of a guy that you had on the inside? Now you're kind of moving him outside again. He's a young player, definitely a lot of upside, a good, solid young player. Uh, but those are the type of matchups that Diggs loves. Is it a double team? And if so, how do the Bills kind of exploit that? How do they attack that? Uh, but Diggs has been getting the fed, fed the ball, Matt, these these first three games, double-digit targets, I believe, in all three, and, and really producing at a high level or a high clip for the Bills. So I anticipate him having, obviously, a large game plan or a large role in this game plan for Buffalo. How concerned are you about the Jordan Poyer injury? Because he didn't practice on Thursday. Again, knee soreness, probably something that they're just kind of trying to manage this week, a guy that – Played a lot of football in this league. If, if he goes through a week and can't practice, I'm not necessarily ruling him out or even saying that he won't be able to play to his usual standard. But, um, you know, knee issues for a guy that, you know, some have wondered. I thought he played a lot better last week than maybe the first two weeks of the season. But I think there's also some knocking the rust off. You know, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer play a lot of, you know, innings together, if you will. But there's, you know, when, when you haven't played a whole year together, you know, there's probably a, you know, a reacclimation period that's happening. So how concerned are you about that injury kind of lingering over this match? Because I think Jordan Poyer is super important to what they're going to want to do, especially in the run game. Yeah. And again, if Jordan Poyer doesn't play, I'm not saying it's going to be DeMar Hamlin that plays, but last year, remember Micah Hyde was out. DeMar Hamlin was in, in some of these games, some bad angles were taken by the, the backup safeties. Uh, Jalen Waddle, I believe, had a long touchdown because of that on one play. Anytime that Jordan Poyer's, you know, he's at risk of not playing, my level of concern is pretty high because Taylor Rapp has not been used in a large role here. We've talked about Cam Lewis and the fact that this Bills coaching staff loves him. He can play nickel behind Taron Johnson and play safety, but we don't, we haven't really seen him over a long stretch on the field in that safety type of role. And if Poyer is out, there's a chance that Hamlin gets a jersey. But like I said, I don't think that means he plays significant <laughs> reps. So I don't know my level of faith in any of those players, I guess, right now. Because, again, Rap is new to this system. He was brought in. He's been limited the last few weeks in terms of the snap count for this team and how they're utilizing him. Obviously, if you have Hyde out there, it's going to help to a certain extent. But I would definitely say my level of concern is high because Poyer is – uh, even if he is a, maybe a half step or a quarter of a step slower, which I don't necessarily agree with right now. Like you said, there's that knocking the rust uh, factor. But even if he was a step slower, half a step slower, I would still rather have him out there than any of those other options that I just named because of you know his ability to – his knowledge of the system, his ability to show up in big moments, make those big plays. Uh, so the fact that he hasn't been practicing, definitely something that I'm, I would say, highly concerned about. Um. Josh Allen threw two interceptions in the playoff game. Uh, and that was actually the only game against the Dolphins last year of the three that he didn't uh, lead the Bills in rushing. He led the Bills in rushing both regular season games. And, you know, he hasn't been running at, at the same clip this year. And I think that that's 
mostly by design. He said something interesting this week about some of his conversations with Latavius Murray and how when and Murray got here, he said, listen, our jerseys are the ones that are supposed to be dirty down there in the red zone, not yours. And so I think that there's a, a, a collective effort to keep him from you know himself in a lot of ways and a lot of kind of situations in the game. Is this a Josh Allen run game? Like, is this one of those games where, you know, I think he did it in the Washington game. Uh, was that the one where he had the kind of the touchdown with the, yeah. Or is that the Raiders game? I can't remember. It was, yeah, the, that was, it was, that the Washington. was against Washington. Yeah. So he had the, like the three big rushes and he kind of picked his spots. You know, James Cook then ended up like, you know, getting that run game going in his own right over the course of this game. But can both of those things happen? Can Josh Allen be a threat as a runner and then also kind of, keep the train kind of moving with this this new and improved run game that they've had going yeah i think that the bills are kind of waiting for the right moment to use the josh allen run packages and uh i'm not talking about scrambles because he can obviously take off on a scramble and get big yardage too but I, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw some legitimate carries designed for him uh where you have blocking on the outside and he's following the blocking where maybe he can get out of bounds and limited his hits. He talked about the importance of sliding last week and uh, how he's, you know, trying to do that to, to take less hits. I don't know if it's a smart idea to run him up the gut because then he is going to take those shots from Christian Wilkins and company. But I think you're there. This is a game where you can give him a few uh, because you want to keep the dolphins defense on their toes. You want to make him a threat uh, with his legs as well as his arm. And that's the best way to do it to say, Hey, I haven't done it much yet. There's not a lot on film of me this year running the ball in these design plays. But we've been waiting for a matchup like this. But you're also going to want to feed that three-headed monster the Bills have, led by James Cook, obviously, who right now is number three in the league in rushing yards, which I think some football fans in general would be very surprised if they when, you know if they looked at the stats and saw that. He's been really good late in games of getting those big chunk plays, Matt, after once defenses are tired. If the Bills can uh, sustain a lead and, and have some of those longer drives, I think Cook could once again shine late, get some of those big yard plays or you know big time plays and help where you can use Murray and Harris in those red zone situations, the short yardage. I like the way they've been utilizing them. I'm sure fantasy football owners of James Cook aren't necessarily liking it as much, but I really do like the way that the Bills are divvying up these carries. If you want to divvy up uh, all the treats this weekend, uh, head over to Tops Friendly Markets. Get yourself set up. For game day or any day, visit the Tops Carryout Cafe. You already know our appreciation and our love for the breakfast pizza. Grab one in the morning. It's good at 1 o'clock. You can have it for lunch. $20. Get yourself a large cheese and pepperoni pizza for $14. I mean, the list goes on and on. And you could start your Slider Sunday winning streak with Kings Hawaiian this football season and earn rewards to redeem for free product, brand swag, tailgating gear, and more. Visit the Tops Deli section and look for the bright orange King's Hawaiian displays to scan the QR for a chance to instantly win tailgating prizes and visit topsmarkets.com slash slider Sunday for slider recipes. They're great. All right, Ryan, the wait is finally over. We have not discussed this. We have not um, conferred on our predictions, but we're going to drop them now. And let me start here. I, I usually let you start, uh, but I want to give mine first. I started this week leaning Miami pretty heavily, actually, <clears throat> coming off the game that they came off of. The weather's going to be beautiful on Sunday. I um, went on the Omar Kelly um, Dolphins podcast and 
<clears throat> funny. They kind of like cut me off because they were recording on Zoom. So like I was trying to get into my explanation of why I was, you know, leaning dolphins. I wasn't making my pick yet. I reserved the right. Uh, but it cut off because like there's a 30 minute window on Zoom recordings and they were about to go over the time. So they like cut me off so I couldn't finish what I was saying. And, and the host kind of just was like, oh, okay, you're picking the dolphins. We're getting out of here. Not so fast. I'm not picking the dolphins. I'm picking the bills. I, I think in this stadium, there's still too many ghosts uh, for this Miami dolphins organization. Like, you know, we've talked so much about the bills over the years, overcoming tough spots, like having really hard losses and then kind of building things back up. Everything's been smooth so far for the page or for the dolphins. Everything all season long has come up roses, no adversity for Tua. No, the, the defense struggling at times hasn't mattered, you know, against the Chargers because the Chargers are the Chargers and they're always going to be the Chargers, apparently. I think Josh Allen in this offense has more ways, more answers when, you know, things get taken away than I think maybe the Miami Dolphins will against this specific defense on this specific week with the way that this season has started. Let me bring up the exact score because I sent it in to my producers at – um Buffalo kickoff live. The defense must win in the red zone. That is my key to the game. And my pick is Bills 37, Dolphins 31 in a shootout that we'll be talking about till the next matchup in January. I love it, Matt. And, you know, Bills Mafia, don't hate me, but I am going to go with the Dolphins in this game. I have the Dolphins winning this one 27 24. Uh, I'll be happy to eat crow in the comments post game if, if the Bills prove me wrong. You know, for me, it comes down to the run game. And I, I have this sinking feeling that Mike McDaniel watched that second matchup last year and he saw the way that Raheem Mostert ran on the Bills. And there were these third and one, third mm -hmm. and two, fourth and one, fourth and two spots. And instead of going with the running game, he passed the ball. And they were incomplete, batted down, whatever. And if he had just run the ball, that could have been a completely different outcome. And I think he's starting to understand that, you know, it's great to be able to throw the ball in these uh, all over the field when you have Tyree Kill and company and you have all these track star speed type players jalen waddle is a superstar too but running the ball is important and you saw it last week with the way that Mostert ran all over denver and again denver's a bad example of what you know a defense and and the success that these players can have but devin achin uh or achan uh had a nice performance as well over 200 yards three touchdowns i think seven touchdowns between the two backs alone uh, so a great day at the office and coming into this Bills game, I think they're going to come out and say, you know, you're expecting us to throw a lot. We're going to throw at times, but we're going to test this run defense. And uh, last week, I feel like it was uh, Brian Robinson Jr. that I think he had 10 rushes for 70 yards. They just mm -hmm. weren't able to go with him or stick with him because of the way uh, that the score was going and the game was going for this Bills team. So I think that's something they have to swarm. They have to attack these guys early on. They have to beat this old lineman. If they can get them out of the run, then then the Bills have a great chance of winning, as odd as that sounds. But you want to make this Miami team one-dimensional, one way or the other. I want to see how the Bills hold up. I, I still have my concerns, though, in this matchup. So I have Dolphins 27, Bills 24. And I'm bringing up this play here. Nate Tice shared the clip uh, and mentioning, calling out uh, Terrell Bernard, kind of calling out the play beforehand, obviously some good tape study. And he's able to kind of read the run, fill a gap, uh, and make a tackle. Like this, to your point, might be the deciding factor in this game. And I think, like, you know, Epinesa does a really good job. And this is an area where I think 
He's been under um, appreciated over the course of his career. I think he's always done a pretty solid job at times setting the edge. And this, that's what you got to do. You got to set the edge to allow these, you know, if they're going to double team Matt Milano like that, you're going to have Terrell Bernard come into that, that area and, and make a big time play. Uh, they're going to have to do that consistently. Like to your point, there's no plays off allowed. <laughs> like you can't have any misses. Like that's got to be the consistent production that you're seeing. But I do think that there's a level of confidence at that second level right now that I don't know if the Bills have really ever had going into a matchup like this. So I'm leaning into that. I'm leaning into the hype being a little bit too ridiculous. And I think with the hype comes like a different level of expectation. Ryan, they're, they're leading every show. Everybody's talking about this Dolphins team. Everybody's picking them to win. Everybody's going to pick them to win on, on the Sunday shows. Like, wait till you see. You'll be putting up an article that all of ESPN is picking the Dolphins or all of CBS, whatever the crew is, they're all going to be picking the Dolphins because they're the hot, they're the it item in the NFL. And rightfully so. They're a fun team to watch. But there's a lot of fun offense that has, you know, come to die against Sean McDermott's defense. And I think this is, he's had three full games to really get comfortable back in that DC role. And to me, this is an opportunity for him to fully establish himself as one of the elite defensive play callers in this league and, and throw a little wrench in this whole Mike McDaniel Miami Dolphins party that we didn't really talk about this much, but that chess match between McDaniel and McDermott on Sunday, like where they're truly the two guys with the play sheets going back and forth. I mean, the drama, I'm really going to try to keep an eye on the broadcast. You're not going to be at the stadium on Sunday. Um, so you'll get to kind of see that vantage point. I'll be interested to ask you about it. Like how much did that add to the element of the game? I mean, that's one of the matchups to me. That That is the matchup. Like at the end of the day, that's the one that matters more than any. Yeah. And listen, Sean McDermott can pull this off. He, he could end up giving the league a, a blueprint to at least slow the, them down. That being the Miami dolphins and, not every team has the person. When's the last time he did that? Yeah. Remember? Uh, it wasn't that long ago. Baltimore. So, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Remember so, Baltimore right before the playoffs in, was it 19? Yeah. That yeah. they went out and they lost that game to Lamar Jackson. Right. But it was that first but game in his MVP in. season where it was like, yeah. oh, wait, this is this is how you do it. And then Tennessee goes and beats them a few weeks later. And they credited the Bills. And they said, yeah. we, we saw what the Bills did and we used that. And. Again, not every team has the personnel that the Bills have on defense, but uh, if Sean McDermott can come up with some kind of game plan to at least slow Miami down, I guarantee you other teams are going to start doing it too, and Miami's going to have to grow and evolve all over again. All right, he's Ryan Talbot picking the Dolphins. I am Matt Perino going with the Bills. And listen, I was really close to picking the Dolphins. Like I have no problem with that pick. And you know, sometimes I kind of kind of look at myself because like you could talk yourself into picking the Bills because. They're so good. They've been so consistently good for so many years that like there's there's easily paths you can find to victory. Um, but I really do truly think that in this environment with where things stand between these two teams right now, the, the recent history, the history of this season and the way that kind of, you know, the chips on their shoulder in Buffalo and they love that chip. I got the Bills winning. So we'll see how it all plays out. And we will talk all about it on Sunday evening uh, on Shout. Don't miss the post-game episode. Win or lose, we'll have you covered. For Ryan, I'm Matt. See you then.